You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Today, I have a little bit of a different episode. We have three people and a tiny baby in the background, which I think that's going to make for a great podcast right away. So we are going to talk about using Pinterest for a new blog. Many of you have sent me questions via email or in my Facebook group about how to really get your blog off the ground. And so I have with me Christy Hill of Blog Ambitions and Krissa of Physical Kitchenists. And they have been working together over the last year in growing Chris's blog. And so I want to talk about their journey. And hopefully you can get some encouragement for what things she tried and what things she invested in and how she's ready to move to phase two. So with that, Christy Hill, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Hi, I am Christy, as she said, and I'm from Blog Ambitions, and I like to help bloggers get started on that journey of sharing their ideas and sharing their content with the world. And a little over a year and a half ago, I decided I wanted to track a new blogger, like every step they take, what they do, and and coach them through that kind of that first year. And so I posted out to some Facebook groups, just kind of getting a feel, like, is there anyone out there that hasn't started a blog? I want to help you on your journey. And I did an application process, and I, um, Carissa was one of the applicants, and she submitted a blog post like they all did. And immediately, I fell in love with Carissa with her, her characteristics, her personality, and, of course, her awesome content and her, her passion for her content. And so we Skyped, and, um, and I ended up picking her to track. And so we worked on getting things set up for her, and she had awesome ideas and an awesome vision for her blog, which I'm sure she'll tell you about But that's kind of how we um, started out together, and it's been a great relationship and friendship since. Cool. And can I ask really quickly, how many applications did you get? I had over 30. Wow. Okay. So then I narrowed down to 10, and they did um, 10 submitted blog posts. And then from there, I Skyped three. And it was important for me to also um, really get along with the person since we'd be working together. So. Yeah, that's a huge component. Because if you're just not jiving, then it's really not going to work at all. Okay, so Krista, tell me about you. So you have submitted your application. Um, Let's talk a little bit before this about what was your vision and idea for the blog and why you even wanted to start one. Hi, first of all, hello. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, My name is Krista. I'm with Physical Kitchenist. I you know, have wanted to, I always had this dream to start a blog because my passion really lies in health and wellness and I love to cook. So I'd been dreaming about starting a blog for probably five years prior, but I was, you know, working full time and just things were crazy like most people. And honestly, I would think I was more fearful than anything because I didn't know how to start. I had no clue how to start. I just knew that I wanted to do something like this. So um, after I had my first baby, we just moved to a new city with my husband's job. We move all the time. And I had a new baby and I thought, I'm sick of going back to an office job and having to start over every time we move. And you know, now is the best time to just go for it and 
and try to make this blog passion of mine a business. So um, when I found Christy, I thought, okay, this is, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in signs and, and faith. And so I thought this is a sign that it's now or never. And so Christy really helped me navigate um, how to begin. And I just started um, trying to give an audience really easy solutions for healthy meals. And um, I wanted to be a go-to person for creating meals for your family that were void of any processed ingredients and a place where people could come and get tutorials for workouts they could do anywhere. And just, just a place that um, at the time I didn't realize that I wanted to start targeting more moms, but just at the, at the place to have like an online girlfriend, like I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to give you easy solutions and we're just going to have fun with the whole craziness of life. That is awesome. And what a lot of people need. And I love that you stress that like just an online friend, because that is huge. Yeah. Um, can I ask quickly too, what do you feel like your initial fears were in starting a blog and how did you move past those? My fears were really technical based. Like I didn't even know how to start. Like I, 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 you know, I'd go to other blogs and see that they were so pretty and they were so easy to navigate. And I was like, I don't even, I barely know how to turn on my computer, like without being logged off. Like I, I I'm not very technical. So my biggest fears were like, how do I like even make this thing pretty and how do I do a logo and how do I get audience, you know, an audience and just the really basics of starting a blog. I, I was, I was unknown, the fear of the unknown. Mm, Okay. So then when you were at that point that Christy, you know, asked for applications, had you even bought your domain yet or was it still just a vision in your head? I think I had, I think I bought my domain Yes. I think I bought my domain like a week earlier. So I'm telling you, I believe in those signs and I'm like, holy cow, this is it. Because (laughs) I bought the domain because I I finally had come up with a name and I thought, okay, well, I better claim this now and then I can like get to it later. And so the get to it later just so happened to be like a week later. Awesome. Yeah. I think she had, she had her domain and she had her hosting set up, but nothing further. So we added WordPress after that. Okay, so then Christy, she's applied, you've accepted her. What was your plan in those first couple months to really get her off the ground? Did you have like an outline or a plan you wanted to go through? Or was it you were just going to kind of w- feel your way through it as you went? Uh, no, the first the launch plan was 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 strategic and very planned out. And a lot of it, you know, there was a lot of behind the scenes. I think we worked for like three months maybe a month. I don't know. How, Crystal, how long were we working before? I think it was like a month, month and a half. You had been doing some homework. So I gave her lots of homework assignments. Like we wanted to set her up looking like a professional from the very beginning. We didn't want her to look like a newbie coming on board. We wanted her to um, start out on the right foot so that people took her seriously and took her blog seriously. Okay, perfect. So um, when she launched, she was already set up for Pinterest. Her blog was already set up for sharing. She was ready to go. Okay. And so for people, did you have a Pinterest account before all of this started or was you just started the Pinterest account too at the same time? I had a personal Pinterest account and I was, I I was a pin addict even before I started my blog. I loved Pinterest. So I had a personal account. It was pretty small. And then Chrissy um, helped me transition that into a business account. Okay, perfect. So 
tackling the blog side, those first couple months, you wanted to make it look as professional as possible. At what point was the time that you were going to integrate Pinterest into this process? Was that right at launch? And then how did you take the personal account to a business account? Um, yeah, I did it right at launch because I knew, I knew that Pinterest right away was going to be a, a powerful tool for me just because I had um, been such a fan before when I wasn't a blogger. So right. we started immediately. And um, Christy, you might want to help me remember, how did we transition it from a personal to business account? Yeah, so she had her, biz- her, she had her personal account um, with like 500 something followers. I think it was 571. So when you have an account set up, you just... Um, go in and transfer to a business account. And we verified her website and applied for rich pins. So she had rich pins before she ever even had a post set up as well. Awesome. Okay. And then um, tell me about like launch date, like you, everything goes live, you're ready to go. What was the strategy as far as what things were you going to have Krissa focus on so that she didn't get super distracted. Because, you know, in the beginning, you feel like there's lots of things you need to pay attention to. Did you have a plan to help keep her focused? Well, let's start first from before launch. So before launch, Krista did a lot of pre-launch work. So with her on her social media platforms. So the goal that I gave her was to start um, networking with bloggers in her niche or niches that complemented hers. And so we started out with on her Pinterest. My suggestion was, you know, start pinning content that's related to the stuff that you're going to be posting so that you're establishing yourself as an authority in this topic. And so before she ever even launched, she was getting boards that are on gear for her, her topics, you know, which are healthy recipes and workouts and, and, um, whole 30. And, you know, so she was starting to pin those things before she ever launched her blog. because we want to definitely establish her as an authority in that. So I think that was a part of the launch plan. So then when she did launch, um, the day she launched, she had her post. She participated in some pin threads. There's a lot of Facebook groups for that, um, encouraging people to pin. I think we've always have you always had the pin it button, Krista. Yes, I think we'd always, we'd establish that right away too, which was mm-hmm. huge, huge for driving traffic for and pinning a boost. Okay. Yeah. So if you take a look at her site at Physical Kitchenist, um, Krista includes her own um, button that she creates for pinning it. So okay. always just encouraging people to organically pin from her site. Awesome. And it's a beautiful site. So for sure, go to the show notes and click on her site because I was immediately sucked in visually. It was easy to read. It was not confusing. It looked professional. It is professional. Doesn't just look it, but it is professional. It has great information. Did you integrate into that to building an email list right away as well? Was that part of um, all the groundwork you did in those first three months before launch too? Um, yes, Christy had encouraged me before launch to, I mean, it was, it was mostly my friends and family <laughs> being supportive, <laughs> but I had a very small email list and I, we had, um, I, I'm not even sure again, my technical abilities. I don't know if it was called a landing page, but it was just a page saying like coming soon and enter your email here, trying to build up that hype. Like you want to be the first on the list. So I had a very small email list even before I launched my first post. You know, okay. it was 122 people. So you say small, but like 122, 122 family and friends to launch with is amazing. You know, if that so is, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's more than my just family. your mom. But yeah. My family and friends just really like me, I guess. <laughs> right. Okay. So you've launched, you've done a lot of that, that pre-work. So give me a picture of like those first, so af- into month six, what were the things, Christy, that you wanted Krista to focus on after launch 
and into kind of continuing to build it and give it a boost. Are we talking Pinterest specific or? Yeah, actually, let's talk Pinterest specific. So because obviously, most listeners are about Pinterest. So you're in the beginning, you're trying to get your Pinterest off the ground, you're trying to get traffic to the site. What was the things that you feel like the pin it button, obviously, but feel like really worked in those three to six month mark after launch? One of the things that I was encouraging her to do is obviously reaching out with with bloggers, which Krista is so great with making friends with other bloggers in her niche. And part of that is is giving to other bloggers, right? So if you give to them, they give back. Mm-hmm. And so I encouraged her to do roundup style posts, etc. And um, one of the biggest things for her in taking off was Pinterest was someone who was already really well established on Pinterest sharing her article. Oh, awesome. Right. So I think in like the third month, someone with 35,000 followers shared her article resulting in a thousand repins. And when you're a new blogger, that's huge. And so, um, Mm -hmm. she has a huge spike in traffic at that point in time. Okay. So I don't know. We we focused on consistent pinning, you know, always pinning her stuff as well as stuff in her areas to establish. I, like I mentioned before, to establish herself as an expert in that area. And was that using a scheduler or live pinning or just whenever, what was the strategy for that? Chris, a live pin, I think for the first six months. I did. Yep. I, I just kind of, kind of went as I go. I, I pinned when I found something that was relevant. Um, but we can talk about when I started to use a scheduler and how that kind of changed the game for me. Yeah, actually, let's launch into that right now. So you're doing live pinning for those first six months. What was the switch for you that encouraged you to start scheduling? Um, you know, I talked to Christy about I actually I use Tailwind and um, I was getting decent traffic from Pinterest, but I'd heard so many people say that when you use a scheduler, it kind of changes the game. And I honestly, I was hesitant to because I <laughs> didn't want to pay anything right. because I'm not making any money at this point. So I'm really um, trying to be um, frugal and not investing a ton of money back in until I see it pay off. But I knew it was going to pay off because people had had said that using a scheduler was key. So after talking to Christy, I did a trial of Tailwind and it really did up the game for me because I was able to you devote, you know, an hour on the weekend to just getting my pins scheduled and they were, they were pushing them out at the peak times, which I think was also key for me. Mm-hmm. And I significantly got more repins, not just for my own content, but for other content that kind of helped my Pinterest game um, when I started using a schedule. So it was absolutely worth every penny. Mm-hmm. So the month that Carissa switched to starting using Tailwind is the month that her, her Pinterest really, um, um, skyrocketed. So she was getting in the, in the couple hundred hits and then, um, it skyrocketed and she had her big 6,000, um, plus hits a day. Awesome. That is so encouraging. And we didn't share these stats in the beginning cause I wanted to kind of build up to it. But remember that Chris has started with 500 ish followers on Pinterest for her personal account when she transitioned. And today, 18 months later, she has 21,000 followers on Pinterest and Pinterest accounts for 50% of her traffic. And so I know that I hear from a lot of people that it's really hard to grow, but I think these tips that Krista and Christy are sharing are really good encouragement for those who are just starting out and feeling like the mountain is really high to climb because it can feel like 20,000 followers when you're at 550 is really huge and can be overwhelming. And so I love that you've gone through this process of, you know, the first six months you were just live pinning, then you went to scheduling and that gave you another boost. The thing I do want to ask you about that a lot of people uh, struggle with is images. 
So how do you feel like you refined your images to get your style? Because they're beautiful. And that's part of what pulls people in on Pinterest. It's not part of it. It's like 90% of what pulls people in on Pinterest. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. It's been a long process. And as any food photographer knows, um, it's, it, it's, there's a huge learning curve to getting those beautiful food shots. And so really it was just me, um, learning how to edit photos, how to better take photos, all about lighting. So I think that was one part of it, just like learning as I went putting, I really devoted a ton of time putting my efforts into Pinterest and putting my efforts more into Pinterest than Facebook or Instagram. Like I didn't pay as much attention at all to those other social media platforms And I put a lot of time into just learning about food photography and practicing. And the other thing to note, um, when I was doing my, a lot of my fitness posts or my pins do extremely well and, um, they didn't always do well. They were always kind of, I would, I would put maybe three pictures of me doing something, you know, a, a plank or a lunge or whatever, and put my title into the pin. And they did, they, they were decent ones, but once I started, um, making kind of repetition boards for every fitness post that I had. And they included like every move of the <laughs> tutorial, which takes a long time to put all those little tiny pictures in one pin, but those significantly do better. Cause I think it's a better visual than just a title page saying like back workout or me doing a lunge, you know, I think. So people- how many images does it usually have in it in the pin image, like eight or so or um, less than that? Let's, oh, it's probably Four. eight to 12 maybe. <laughs> okay. But yeah. those tend to convert really well. They do for, yeah, for those specific posts, the fitness posts, they do well. And then okay. I also think that, um, the pin that Christy was talking about, it was called, it was called banish back fat. And, um, that was another <laughs> fitness one, but it, I didn't actually include all the moves in there. It was just a really clear, crisp pin because it was a white right. background. It was bright. Yep. White background. Um, it had me doing like a few moves and then it had a kind of a pink overlay over it. So I think it's, I think getting those pins to be really crisp and clear, um, is key. We had a lot of good jokes about her back fat being <laughs> yes, viral. <laughs> My back is famous. <laughs> Your back is famous. That's so awesome. So did you do, and Christy, maybe you can answer this a little bit. It's kind of a two-part question for both of you. But um, Krista, did you do the work in those three months? And Christy, was that part of your plan was to help her work on those images in the beginning because you knew the power behind the images connected to Pinterest? So in those first initial three months, was that a part of you really, you know, getting ready to be super professional and not just putting pictures from your iPhone or whatever? Is that when you were learning or did it come over time? It it definitely came over time. I mean, in those three months I was, I did my research and I was trying to get there, but you know, I think every blogger goes through that stage where you see their initial photos and they're like, Oh, okay. You know, because <laughs> it's, it's a process. It, it takes a long time to kind of master it. And I still, do, I still feel millions of miles away from mastering the photography side, but it's gotten better. And so I think that just continues to develop for any blogger. Yeah. The photography and the Pinterest thing was definitely a journey, not necessarily our first focus when we, when she started out. And I don't, I was trying to look and see when we, um, when Chris made the change. So at first you were using Canva, correct, Krista, to create your graphics? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that was really limiting. It was limiting in fonts and options. And so we talked about branding her images more to make them more recognizable as her. In order to do that, make that switch, which she changed platforms of where she was editing her pictures so that she could use the same consistent fonts. So before her, like when she started out, her fonts were kind of like 
all of us, you know, experimenting yeah. until you find what works. And, and so then she made the switch and she uses the same fonts on her images. And she also switching platforms was able to include a watermark, her icon for her logo in her images. And I think that helped a lot. Did you, would you agree, Carissa? Yeah, I totally agree. I think the branding part was huge for me once we started transitioning into my own style and my own Pinterest style. What program do you use now? So <laughs> I, I use a program called befunky.com. Oh, that's perfect. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's more, um, there's a wider variety of things you can do, but my, I'm still trying to streamline my process. I edit my photos through Lightroom and then I enter them into be funky, but I, I'm looking to switch to Photoshop. I'm just, again, scared of the unknown. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to learn another program, but that seems to be the, the best way to, if, especially if you don't, um, want to pay for Photoshop or you, you don't have the capabilities to do Photoshop or Lightroom, I think be funky is a good option. Yeah, I would agree. Be funky is definitely one of the best free options out there for how much capability it gives you and potential. Oh, that's great. We'll link to that in the show notes too, because I have never heard anybody talk about that. So mostly the big ones you hear are Canva or PicMonkey, but I have heard the limitations of Canva as well. So this will be a good third option. Were there any courses that you can recommend that would be good for a new blogger to take on images or photography? You know, uh, oddly enough, which ones you took? All I did, oddly enough, I just went to Pinterest and searched, you know, food photography or how to do Lightroom, and I got all my resources from a bunch of other different bloggers. Oh, that's a great idea, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. The power of search for sure. Christy, do you have any resources that you know of that you've tried that if somebody, I mean, is outside of searching on Pinterest, they just want a quick recommendation? Do you have one? Yeah. So, you know, Pinch of Yum has a great photography course. Um, we, I could list photography courses for ages. So you could do Pinch of Yum. Um, give me some, give me some oven. Is it give me some oven? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she doesn't have a course, but she has an awesome set of series on there for pictures. And she's really known for her really bright food photography. So um, I love reading her posts, even though I don't take pictures of food. Um, I, she has great tutorials on that. Um, let's see. I have been taking the sugar and cloth cool photography school. And I think that's one that you also recommend. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that one's kind of a fun, quick one. But those would be the, three. okay. That's perfect. We'll link to those three and people can go check those out. Um, Oh, and one more, actually there's, if you're into food, like if you're into your cell phone photography, my friend Chatria has just launched a course for cell phone photography for those who don't quite have their, expensive camera yet that you can still get quality pictures from your cell phone. That is genius. There are so many people who can't afford a really expensive camera yet. So I love that. We'll get to that. Genius. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you're now at this 18 month mark and you're trucking along, you're steaming along. What, what would you say looking back over those 18 months would be maybe two to three pieces of advice you would give to someone in your shoes back in the beginning? Um, I really, this is kind of a loaded answer, but I think really figuring out your brand. And I think that's really hard when you first start out blogging, even if you have a clear idea of what you're blogging about, just trying to nail down like a brand. Are you, are your photos dark and moody? Are they light? Are they white? white? Are they, you know, colorful? What, what kind of mood do you want to set and what kind of um, can 
emotions do you want to convey? I think that's a big one. I wish I would have started. I think I did a little bit, but now I have a little, like a clearer vision of where I want um, my blog and my, my Pinterest to where I want it to be. And I think that, um, you know, do you want to, what kind of, what kind of audience members do you want to appeal to? Is it moms? Is it um, just people who love to cook? Because I'm realizing as I go, when I first started my blog, I was just developing healthy recipes. And I thought that was going to be my ticket, but I'm competing against millions of other bloggers that are trying to do the same. And so now that I've been doing this for a year and a half, I'm really trying to focus on easy, super healthy, family-friendly meals that you can make, you know, in 30 minutes, let's say. Like I'm trying to rebrand a little bit. And so I think if you have kind of an idea of um, who you want to market and what kind of, you know, catch you want to have with your blog, just go with it. Like run with it if you have an idea and don't think that it's too broad because that is that might be your your winning ticket. Awesome. Christy, what about you? Having worked with a lot of new bloggers, what type of advice would you give them? The advice I'd give them is, well, first stick with it. You know, like sometimes Pinterest can be a slow moving, like you have to chug at first before it gets rolling. And, but then it it like pays off. You know, if you go back and you look at some of Chris's pins from her very first week, even they have thousands of repins now, but at first, you know, when she had 500 followers, they weren't getting anything, but they're there and they have, they've been, they've been saved even though they're old. So, so chug with it, keep going. And then I was reading through back through my notes of things I've talked to Chris about. And, you know, one of the things, the key things is really, she, she put her, her, her pins out there herself, you know, and they were all had descriptions. They are all optimized with, with a title and, and rich pin setup. And so she's been doing that from the beginning. So that would be my recommendation is just start from the beginning from doing it right include the descriptions, include, get approved for rich pins so that you start off out the gate doing it how Pinterest wants you to do it. Well, and something that Kristen, you mentioned in the beginning was that you kind of put all your eggs into the Pinterest basket. You didn't really focus on Instagram or on Facebook. Do you feel like that was a wise move for you as well? Having just that focus there so you're not distracted with the other two platforms? I do because I don't think, you know, there's so much out there. Is your blogger, (laughs) there's so much to do that I think if you try to master all social media platforms, you'll, you can't. It's it's just impossible. There's not enough time in the day. And so I'm glad that I did Pinterest first because, like we've talked about, it's, it's my traffic source is 50% of my traffic. And yes, my other social media platforms have maybe suffered, but now that I feel like I've got a good grasp on Pinterest and I have a good following, now I can transition and I'm trying to, to Instagram and Facebook. And so I think every social media platform has its um, pros to use, but if you're really a new blogger and you want to get that traffic and you're trying to gain an audience, Pinterest is, should be your number one focus for sure. Absolutely. Especially in the food and fitness niche. It's really where people go to search for those ideas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Facebook is, they're there, but it's the shelf life of what you're doing over there is so limited. And even with Instagram too. And I find for myself as an Instagram user, I don't click over for a lot of things. Right. I, it's kind of like eye candy. I just go through and hard <laughs> things, but I never actually click. <laughs> Whereas with Pinterest, there's so many things I'm saving for later or so many things that I'm wanting to do or plan to do, especially with fitness or with eating that it's, I agree with you in the sense that it just seems like a wiser investment over time, as opposed to something that's not going to 
have a long shelf life. Totally. Um, it's definitely an investment that's paid off as well. I mean, with 21,000 plus followers and Pinterest has featured her content in their top picks for the weeks in their in fitness and in food. And so it's, it's paid off for you. That is such an encouraging story to those who are just starting out or even those who are frustrated with having Pinterest can feel like that daily grind, right? Cause you're not getting that immediate kickback, mm-hmm. but I love your story because it presents that the payoff happens over the long haul. It really is that type of platform where, you know, you might not reap what you sow for a while and that has to be okay because when you do eventually um, get to harvest or whatever, not to get all like harvesty terms here, but then the great part is, is now you're getting 50% Pinterest traffic and they're continually coming in and engaging with your site. And one other thing I would love to ask you is how has your email list grown during that time as well? Um, Yeah, that's a great question. My email list um, has been great. Um, I have my opt-in in the description of my Pinterest account. So at the top by my photo, I, you know, have have my opt-in, which is, I think, a a huge reason why people sign up for my list. And I have over 3,500 people on my email list now. Wow. They're no Um, longer your friends and family. Yeah. (laughs) They're my friends. I try to think of them as my friends, but you know, I just may not know them. Like I do my, my initial list. Um, but that has definitely been amazing. Um, but I still, even, even with my success of my email list, it's still Pinterest for me because not everyone opens their emails. So, you know, people are searching through Pinterest all day, every day and repinning and looking for ideas for recipes and fitness and crafts. Mm Mm-hmm. And she is pinning her freebie onto Pinterest too as well. So she's created images for that and that's driving traffic yeah, as well. Always a good strategy yes. to keep that. And people forget about that. I had someone in the Facebook group when I was asking, you know, what do you want to know about growing your email list using Pinterest? And somebody said, how to even do that? And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like <laughs> These kind of tips are exciting. Even if, you know, you create down the line, create different opt-ins for different posts, Mm -hmm. you know, so maybe there's a different opt-in for fitness or there's a different opt-in for meals, but that you can kind of capture that that's two different streams of traffic and they're kind of two different, maybe two different types of people even. And then you can communicate with them, which would be pretty cool. Totally. You know, speaking of strategy, I just want to throw this out there too. I've been, I've been analyzing my pins and what's been doing well and why certain pins go viral and certain pins don't. And yes, the photography is a huge part of it, but I'm finding too that when I have a little catch phrase or catch title, even if it's not the same title as the initial blog post, um, if I have the overlay and, and have a catchy, I don't know, theme to it, it helps. Like I have a, a workout that is a bar inspired workout for your legs. And it's the title is one move for insanely toned legs. Oh, so that's great. And so that's the text overlay on the photo, right? right? Exactly. Oh, so great. I and love so I that. find that like when you give those like 20 minute, orange chicken or one move for insanely toned legs or, you know, like those little tiny catches, they seem to do better because you're competing with all these other pins. Even if you have like a very classic recipe, maybe trying to think of a clever way to angle it can help those pins go viral. Yeah. I tell people a lot that those text overlays are kind of like billboard advertising. Like you're driving down the street and you have just three seconds to see that billboard. What is it that you're going to put on there? Because people are just going to drive by and forget it. But can you have something that's memorable enough for them to click on it in the case of Pinterest or like remember if they're driving, 
But those exactly what you said is genius because I'm definitely going to click on that. Oh, one move. Right. I can simplify my life. Awesome legs. You know, and some people are like, oh, that's kind of clickbaity. But, you know, honestly, I don't think it is because you're still delivering on what you said you're going to deliver on. Yes. And you're still, when they land on your site, it's not spammy. It's valuable. It has a ton of resources and it's answering a lot of their problems instead of just going to a site where it's just stacked with links. You know, I think that's the difference. Like when you have clickbait and something on the other side is clearly spam as opposed to something on the other side that is clearly valuable. Right. And so I love, I love that tactic. Really good. Um, Christy, first tell them where they can go to find out more about you and what you're doing and, um, hearing about blogging. And then after Christy, Chrissy, you go ahead and list your information as well. All right. So you can head over to blogambitions.com and you can find more about starting your own blog. I have, you know, the steps it's going to take. So I have a series on how to start a blog the right way. <laughs> there really isn't right way, but hey, it's, you know, <laughs> it's one of those catchy little twists, right? Mm-hmm. Clickbaiting. Um, <laughs> um, but no, seriously though, it is the right, it is the way to set it up and look like a professional from the beginning so that when people do land on your site, that they're going to take you seriously and want to continue reading. So check that out. It's how to, um, blogambitions.com slash how to start a blog. And, and yeah, that's about it. Perfect. Oh, of course on Pinterest, you know, you can find me at blogambitions. Yes. I love that. I go to your page often to find content. Yes, content. I do too. Christy is an amazing, amazing resource for new bloggers yes. for sure. Good, good curator. Good job, Christy. Thank you. Doing it. All right, Chris, what about you? Um, you can find me at physicalkitchness.com. It's kind of a playoff physical fitness. Get it? Huh? <laughs> Some people are like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, okay. But um, where I just, uh, I have a lot of family friendly, healthy recipes. Many of them are paleo inspired. I have a lot of whole 30 recipes. And then I also have, you know, those workout tutorials for busy moms to do during nap time. Yeah. I just try to write and be relatable and talk about crazy mom life. And make fun of myself in the process. <laughs> Humor is key yes. for sure. <laughs> awesome, ladies. Thank you so much for sharing your story of going from 541 Pinterest followers to over 21,000 and Pinterest being 50% of your traffic. I'm so excited for you and even the kind of growth you're going to experience over the next year. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that some of you listening who are new bloggers or even thinking about blogging were encouraged by what Krista and Christy had to say. I'm going to have all the links to the courses we talked about, that new image creation program, and any other resources that we have for you will be listed in the show notes at simplepinmedia.com slash 44. As always, thank you so much for listening.